Hi, I'm Frank Ferris, one of the principals of the Palliative Care Interdisciplinary Curriculum. I want to personally thank you for joining us for this module in our series on pain management. Hi, I'm Frank Ferris, and I want to talk about the problem with pain. Have you ever had pain? Do you have a sense of what it feels like to have acute or maybe chronic ongoing pain? I suspect most of us are in fact healthy. We have the capacity to do the things we would like to be able to do. Things that give us meaning, value, and quality in our lives. I certainly enjoy that from day to day. I bet you do as well. We rely on our health. But what happens if we get an advancing illness, what happens if we have ongoing pain? Are we now incapacitated? It can be a real problem. You and I as healthcare workers, our responsibility is to help people living with advanced disease processes to not only live longer and diminish the disease, but also to manage the experience. How can we help people have the capacity to do the things they want to do even when their illness is advancing? That's our job. So eloquently, Moonshine Movies captures the real issues around the problem with pain. Let's watch. The real problem with pain is how it kind of diminishes a person's life that really your focus is just on the pain. It impacts on a person's autonomy. You actually cannot be a thinking, decision-making human being if you are just in pain. And, you know, patients have described that they would do anything at all to be relieved of pain. is an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with actual or potential tissue damage or described in terms of such damage. Now that's a very complex definition. The language of pain is very complicated. You'll note that it's a sensory and emotional experience. And when we're talking with a patient, and particularly when we're talking about with a patient in whom we're trying to treat, we need to have some common language. Has the pain mainly been the headaches and the head pain, or has it been yeah. elsewhere? Is it there all the time? Yeah. You wake up sometimes and you think, ah, it's gone. Yeah. You turn around twice and it's not gone, you know. Many patients are now treated as if the problem is either a sensory one, in other words, it's either physical or it's all in your brain. And when they get the message that it's all in your brain or all in your mind, they know they're being dismissed. Well, all pain is in the brain and in the mind. So that's a very silly way to approach people, and yet it's still going on very much. You just imagine, when you open your eye in the morning, there's nothing but pain. When you sleep, there's nothing but pain. What kind of quality of life? There are two types of pain. One is physical pain. The other one is emotional pain. Now, physical pain, whether it's as a result of accident, illness, 
is something that you cannot deal with it yourself. I went through that. I try to deal with it myself, but the more I struggle, the deeper I I I went down. I have pain every day in my in my knees and my legs, um, my knees and in my lower back. I have pain every day just from just from the sickle cell. But then there's a there's a level that when you get to a crisis, that's when it's just. Uh, you know, which, with your heartbeat, just a throbbing, searing, bad pain. We typically ask patients what level of pain they're having on a zero to 10 scale, where zero is no pain and 10 is the worst kind of pain that they could ever have. And of course, different people will say different levels of pain for the exact same uh, noxious or unpleasant stimulus. But typically people say the same numbers for themselves. And so we look to see whether the numbers are worsening or improving. Right now, my pain is at four, you know. But when it gets to about an eight or a nine, then that's a level that I can't control anymore. Even with my medicines here, or the, you know, the medicines that the doctors give me, that's a pain level that I can't control anymore. I think one of the most important concepts that we can teach young doctors and nurses is to believe what the patient says. The patient says he's in pain, the patient's in pain. And then you have to figure out a way to measure it, and we know how to measure it, and track it over time. It's one of the real problems we have with pain, that you can't tell me how much pain I have today because it's my experience of this sensation. Pain is whatever the patient says. Pain is subjective. It's whatever they believe it to be. It is very much what the patient says it is. So now we've heard about how pain can really diminish a person's life. The International Association for the Study of Pain, IASP, has developed this simple definition. Pain is an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with actual or potential tissue damage. Margot McCaffrey, one of the pioneers in oncology nursing, said very simply, Pain is whatever the experiencing person says it is, existing whenever the experiencing person says it does. We can think about pain as acute and chronic. We also think about it, and we'll be talking in more detail in our pathophysiology presentation about different types of pain, whether it's nociceptive, mediated by inflammation, neuropathic, or even mixed pain. But what's important is to recognize, yes, there's acute pain, pain that starts suddenly, usually with an identifiable cause, typically is relatively shorter in duration. If it's movement, it's probably seconds to minutes. If it's trauma, such as we hit our finger or we touch the stove, it's probably minutes to hours. If we break a bone, it's hours to days to weeks. And of course, there's the post-operative situation, where hopefully it resolves quickly. And typically with acute pain, we see a sympathetic response. Contrast that with what we're going to spend a lot of time talking about in this series, chronic pain, pain that by definition persists for more than three months and creates real functional impairment. Could be from cancer, could be the result of surgery or trauma, 
could be the result of damage to the nerves themselves, peripherally or centrally, what we call neuropathy. Of course, there's persistent headaches, orofacial pain, visceral pain, and musculoskeletal pain. Typically, we don't necessarily find an identifiable cause. And typically, there's no sympathetic response. So many times when you look at the patient, you're not sure they have pain, but it has a huge impact. It's a real problem for these folks. When we start to look at chronic pain and its impact, and I think this is very important for you and I as providers to think about and assess, it decreases movement, it changes people's ability to concentrate and think, they're focused on their pain, they don't have as much appetite, they sometimes even have marked anorexia, they're not sleeping well, they may have significant insomnia, and their mood may be decreased, they're kind of flat, even depressed, and some are withdrawn. And those are the direct effects. What does that do to their life? What we get to see is patients with chronic pain often aren't able to work, they certainly aren't experiencing pleasure, their emotions go up and down and they're associated with lots of tensions. Tensions can occur in their relationships. They often become dependent, needing care, whether it's short or long term. And pain, with all these sequelae, may actually shorten their lives. Imagine that's you. Is that what you would want for yourself? Now, you might say, oh, well, that hasn't happened to me. Well, what's interesting is it's happening today based on a study reviewing the situation in 2016. It's happening today in the United States to 20% of our population. About 50 million people live with chronic pain. And what's called high-impact chronic pain, pain that actually limits life or work activities most or every day over the past six months, is occurring for almost 10% of people in America some 20 million people. Wow, this is huge. And as we start to look at the older population, we see 52% of adults over the age 65 have chronic pain, and as they age, the prevalence increases. That's 18.7 million older adults in the United States as of 2011, and it's probably greater today as more people are aging have chronic pain of real significance. Aren't you looking forward to aging? Well, now let's focus on individual illnesses. We know that pain in cancer is significant. Again, another study reviewing the situation recently in 2016 showed that even during treatment, 55% of people have pain from their primary disease. After curative treatment, 39% of people continue to have pain. And as the disease advances and becomes uh, metastatic or terminal, as many as 66% of people have pain. And of the whole group, 38% of patients had moderate to severe pain, described as pain with a severity score of five or more on a 10-point scale. Wow, this is huge. You and I need to really pay attention and focus on this experience this is huge. Imagine we've said that the treatment is going to cure the cancer, but afterwards almost 40% of survivors still have pain? Didn't do a good job, did it, of getting rid of the pain? 
Now, if we look at other diseases, uh, in fact, liver disease is the smallest, as you can see. Surprise, more than 40% of patients, almost 50% with dementia, have pain. Congestive heart failure, 50%, and some studies suggest as high as 85% of patients have pain. End-stage renal disease on hemodialysis, 90% of patients. And rheumatoid arthritis, 90% of patients said it was the most important issue for them impacting their lives. Goodness, how many of us are going to die with these conditions as part of our advancing age experience. Whew, we need to really pay attention and we need people with all specialties who know how to manage pain. And we can start to look at cost and the impact in America. We see that actually more than 20% of healthcare encounters are for pain related problems. It's costing Americans, and the latest data was 2010, anywhere up to $635 billion to provide health care related to pain management greater than the cost of caring for patients with heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. This is huge. And as we look at individuals with pain, we see that they cost more per annum, up to $300 more, because we're managing their pain, compared to patients without pain. And as we look at lost productivity, simply an estimate that we're losing as productivity measures up to $335 billion because of lost opportunity. So it's huge. Pain is a major problem in our society. People all around us have bad pain experiences. And someday, it's probably going to be your turn how would you like your pain to go untreated, undertreated, so that you lose capacity, you become dependent? I suspect each one of us needs to become an advocate because this isn't what we want. And the people we train, guess what? They're going to lag after you when it's your turn. So let's do a great job of today incorporating effective strategies to manage pain into our global healthcare system. I look forward to walking with you. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you'll rate and review this podcast and share it with your colleagues and your friends. So you don't miss any of our new content, make sure you are subscribing to PCIC Podcasts. PCIC is sponsored by PalMed where our aim is to advance palliative care globally and ensure all clinicians have the latest knowledge and skill. To access more PCIC content, please visit palmed.us to review our extensive open access PCIC curriculum.